Hello, and welcome to Your Rainbow Reads. I'm Holly. And I'm Susie. And we are best friends who have been talking about books for many years. We started this podcast to have some fun and then also to talk about the queer books we're enjoying. We hope to build a bigger audience for authors who are part of the LGBTQ plus community or those who are writing stories with queer representation. Each episode, we will highlight two or three books that share a common theme. We will rate the books using the one to five star rating system just for overall quality and enjoyability. But for that extra touch, we will also be awarding one to five pride flags for the level of queer representation in the story. And for that extra added kick, we will be rating them on a one to five chili pepper scale for the level of spiciness. So like, for instance, a one chili pepper would be your closed door romances, you know, where all the action takes place off the page and maybe a five star chili pepper that is a little bit spicier maybe with some kink or some other extra spicy things so you can use this to judge your level of comfortability with the level of spice in the book in addition to those ratings sometimes we will throw in some bonus battle axes or trans flags you never know what we have up our sleeves so grab a cup of coffee or tea And let's find your next Rainbow Read. Greetings, Rainbow Readers, and welcome to episode three. Hello! Today we have Darkish. 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 Fairy Tales. Oh, creepy. And this is where you're going to shine because your boy, Stephen King, is one of the authors of today's Rainbow Reads. Now, that's weird. I know it's shocking because we typically, and we said this in our intro, and we're going to say this all the time, that we want to highlight independent books, independent authors, yet to be discovered queer people. Stephen King is none of that. He doesn't need our help, not even in the tiniest measure. But it was an interesting story. It was about lesbians. And then it also, there was a story I wanted to tell that I had learned about another Stephen King book that I've included as a part of this podcast just to, for one thing, tell a story that I felt like deserved to be told and to just shine a light on on the world of Stephen King. So that's going to be included. And you're right. I love Stephen King and I love dark stories. And he is the master of that. But don't be afraid because this story that we're going to share with you today, it's not that dark. No, it's that's why I like to say darkish yeah. or dark. Dark light. D- yeah, dark, dark light. <laughs> yes, not very because I actually myself don't really care for the dark stuff like you do. No, I've only ever read And I think I talk about this in the episode. I've only ever read one Stephen King book. Mm. So I'm not like a huge fan at all. But I will tell you who I became a huge fan of is Seanan McGuire, who is the author of the other book that we will be discussing today called Every Heart a Doorway. I adored this book. I want to consume every single one of her books now. What a beautiful world Seanan McGuire built. Oh my gosh. It was so good. One of my favorites that you've recommended, I think. I absolutely adored this book. I will never stop talking about it. And it was a novella, which I think it... And also, Elevation Elevation. was... We accidentally highlighted two novellas in the same episode. That's awesome, because now this can count as dark magic or dark fairy tales and novellas. 
So good for us with that. Yeah. Note to self, edit description. Yes, that's great. But, okay, now I have a question. What is your favorite fairy tale? My favorite fairy tale is Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay, you could have, like, I would have never, if I would have thought of ten fairy tales, <laughs> that one would, fucking Jack and the Beanstalk, you, what, that's so bizarre. But, okay, why, I'm, now, I'm her, now I'm dying to know why. How do I not know this? I'm her bestie all these years, and I have never <laughs> shared with her my Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> obsession. No, that's weird. Jack getting the magic beans and planting them and crawling up to the clouds, guys, that is like flying. That is amazing to me. I would love. Yeah, but what if you slip and fall and then you're going to go crash into the ground? I'm that, not afraid. Okay, I, I don't want to do that. And also at the top, there's that giant and he's mean. Well, he was mean. Um, yeah, he was mean. You know, I think at some point I read a lesbian retelling of Jack <laughs> and the Beanstalk and I'm going to find it and I'm going to feature it on this podcast. Please do. Please do. What do you think? I'm going to let you try and guess what mine is. Oh, my gosh. I will give you a hint, though. It was also made into a Disney movie. That's not a hint. A million fairy tales were made into a Disney movie. I mean... Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cinderella? No. It's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, why? why didn't I know that? Why did I say Cinderella? That was lame. Yeah. I mean, I do like that also. Yeah. But Beauty and the Beast made her library. I know. Beast library. It's, it's, you can keep me forever, Beast. I don't, I mean, I don't even care if you stay ugly like a beast. No, it's like you said last week or last month or whatever time it was in this timeline. <laughs> At some point. That's in this timeline. You could be kidnapped if they had snacks and books. Yes. That is the very definition of Belle. And they also... She had food. Yes. And she had books. Yes. There was so much food. The feast that they all made for her and the books. It's a, I'm all about it. I know. I'm so simple. I just need books and snacks and the occasional wine, if we're being honest. They're considering Belle being tortured and you're thinking she's in heaven. Uh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I need to find some ogre to fucking kidnap me and take me to... His You're castle. Like, What's this bitch's problem? It's great. Stop complaining <laughs> and just be happy with your life. <laughs> Damn it, woman. And you really didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to clean anything or do anything. He you had, had full stuff. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know what her problem was. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Some bitches be tripping. <laughs> Just kidding. That that we're was just a, kidding, guys. that was a very nice. Yeah, th- definitely. Like, we don't want anyone. We're to be, not in favor of kidnapping, torture. No, none, none of that. that. None, none of that. that. We're all about consent. All about consent on this pod. One hundred percent. All right. So, what do we want them to enjoy today? Elevation <laughs> and every heart of doorway. Please, please go read every heart of doorway for real. Yeah. Please go read that. Yeah. If you if you skip elevation, we understand. But every heart of doorway really deserves your attention. Um, it does. Do yourself a favor. People Check out are sleeping on that book. They really are, and it's good. It's good. It's very good. So go read these books. All right. So today we are discussing Elevation by Stephen King. Why are we talking about Stephen King? You might ask. 
Stephen King certainly does not need our support or recommendation. <laughs> I think uh, I think he does just fine on his own. He does just fine on his own. He doesn't uh, he doesn't need for us to uh, help him sell his book. But we are Rainbow Reads. We're Rainbow Reads, and Stephen King has written a book with some pretty dominant queer characters in this book. There are two lesbians in this book. Yeah, I would say it's the actually one of the dominating themes is the LGBTQ discrimination. Yeah, I'm going to say that discrimination and acceptance are themes in this book. And that's unusual for Stephen King. Um, I've been reading Stephen King since the early 90s. You are one of his biggest fans for real. Yeah. Um, And I'm not going to sit here with you lovely rainbow readers and pretend that Stephen King has never written anything problematic. Uh, He certainly has. Anyone who uh, has had a writing career that long, you know, there's going to be some creepy crawly things in the past for the most part, I think. I've only read one other Stephen King book because I do not like poor endings in books. (laughs) And Mr. Stephen King, if you know anything about his writing at all, tends to... um, write books that end very grimly. Yes. Stephen King treats his characters poorly. Yeah, they're not happily... It's mostly not happily ever afters, which was why I was um, curious as to why you would recommend this book to me. And now you see. Yes, it was very, very good. It was good. Um, It reminds me of... It's like a dark fairy tale. There's something like... And all of Stephen King's writing, not all, some of his writing is realistic. A lot of it is is based in non-reality. You know, it's going to be the supernatural or circumstances that aren't possible. Um, and this this certainly lines up with that. But it has like a, it almost has like a Grimm's fairy tale kind of feel about it. There's something the Grimm's about fairy tales that are like the original versions that yeah. are kind of gruesome and grim. Yeah. This shit is dark, yeah. It was definitely dark, but also very hopeful. Mm -hmm. And it had one of my very favorite themes out of all books, which is found family. Ah, yeah, good point. I love that. It had, it was very hopeful. It was, dare I say, heartwarming even. I'm going to call it uplifting. Whoa, it was uplifting. I mean, I felt I don't want to give the ending away, nor do I, but that was punny. But it was <laughs> That was a punny joke. Uh-huh. But it was it was very different from what I would expect a Stephen King book to be. The only other one I've ever read of his was The Stand. Yeah. And if you know anything about that book, that book is super grim. Yeah. But I also did feel like the ending in that book was also hopeful. It ended on, like, a hopeful note. I think a lot of his books, you know, any of you English literature majors out there, go ahead and at us if you have thoughts on this. But I think a lot of his books do carry themes of the triumph of the human spirit and hopefulness. But it's it's usually really buried under some bad stuff. You know, you can't you can't trust Stephen King with any character. 
you remember when we were talking about TJ Klune and I said, you know, I, I feel like I trust TJ Klune with the gays at this point. Yes. You kind of want to encourage Stephen King to leave the gays alone because he just, he doesn't treat characters properly. But in this book, you know, it was a little different. Yeah. And I, and I do think this was very much out of the norm for Stephen King. I mean, the themes of the supernatural and the kind of weird stuff that's happening in this town in Maine was on point for him. That's normally what he does. That's on brand, I should say. That's his best thing. But I feel like it was much more hopeful and more of something of a feel-good story. It's about people changing their perspective, being more open-minded, um, having growth, you know, and, you know, in the end, being better people for it. Yeah, I love to see the growth yeah. in this book. And it was short, which is good because we're Very always short. talking about books to get you out of a reading slump. This would be a good This one. is a perfect book for that because I think it was only like 150 pages and it re- I read it in one night, basically. Yeah, it's a cute little book. It does have, you know, some darkness to it. It We've talked about recently a lot of the books we've read. Um, being gay was just an acceptable kind of thing that wasn't commented on in a lot of these books. Right. And in this, it's more the experience that we we have had in our generation of it being a problem in small towns. You know, if you are a gay person, people don't want to come to your business establishment, for example. Um, so it's it does carry those themes through the book as well. Well, and as Gen Xers, I think this is very much our experience yeah. of having not welcoming and not accepting places all over. Yeah. Because even when we were growing up, there was like no representation on TV, really. No, none. Or, you know, gays were not portrayed in a good light, for sure. It wasn't until Ellen, Mm -hmm. which has been, even that ended poorly. That's, that's that that didn't end good for her. That's no, that was terrible for her. That yeah. that ended her career at the time. Right. You know, obviously that took a turnaround years later, but people don't realize that that ruined her life for a significant amount of time. It like did. for several years. It did. Um but that was how it was and I hate to be like back in our day, but it's true. This is very much I think an accurate representation of small towns and how maybe they still treat gay people. I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility that there are tons of places across the country that are still like this. Yes. For real babies. That's how it was back in our day. And that's how it is. I don't have to tell some of you guys, I don't know where all of our listeners live, but you know, in some places it's still like that. So this was a representation of how communities can be. um, And hopefully isn't the norm but is is still a reality for a lot of folks out there yep where it's not it's not cool to be gay in some places and you get run out of town or your business establishment gets basically shut down because people won't go there yeah even the appearance of this book kind of lends itself to my fairy tale thought about it like it the the cover has like a little I don't know. What is that? Like a little cosmos or 
that's a galaxy. A little galaxy. Right? Yeah. It just has a nice little look about it. And then throughout the book, there are little illustrations that go along with the plot. Yes, and I thought that was really cute. There's not a whole bunch of them, but it's on the very first page at the beginning of the chapter. There's like cute little line drawings that kind of add to the flavor of the book that makes it stand out from other Stephen King books like I don't think that's very usual in his books, is it? Not at all. It has a fairy tale feel to it. It has some cute little dogs at the beginning, and it has like, you know, it, it's it's cute visually. It's a it's a good looking book. Well, and speaking also of Stephen King doing fairy tales, he is actually coming out with a book called Fairy Tale. Let me look at that, and I will see his newest book that he's gonna have that comes out in September is called Fairy Tale. And it has a very weird looking cover on it, but it definitely is that sort of feel of a book. We'll read that for you guys. If there's any gays in there, we'll let you know, okay? I don't know if there's going to be any gays, but... Known Stephen King, probably not. But like I said earlier, <laughs> we kind of want him to keep his hands off the gays anyway. Because no, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not trying to be buried in a pet <laughs> cemetery. As much as I like zombies, I don't want to come up like that. No. I mean, I don't want to be in a pandemic where 99% of the population dies a horrible death. Yeah. I actually don't want to live in Stephen King's world, let's just be honest. I mean, I would love to visit Maine. I know that you really liked it. Beautiful. But not Stephen King's Maine. No. I'm going to pass on that. No. Even the town of Bangor, guys, the energy there was a little dense. It was a little heavy. So what do you? how do you rate elevation? Oh, I gave it five stars easy. Yeah, me Easy, too. quick five stars Total, for me. Totally five stars for me as well. But I will right. say I didn't cry at the end, which is weird because I am a big fat crybaby. I'll just say that now. She'll boo-hoo on a book. I cried the last hundred pages of Under the Whispering Door. Like, not even exaggerating. Like, the last hundred pages I cried. Yeah. But this, I don't know. It just felt like... You could tell it was all leading up to there, so I think I'd also prepared myself of how it was going to, even though I didn't know exactly how it was going to end, like, you have an idea yeah. as the book is going along of, like... You know how, you know it's Stephen King, and you know probably it's not going to be totally happily ever. Right. But I was pleasantly surprised, and it still made me feel good at the end, and I could see why you wanted me to read it. Awesome. I'm be- glad you enjoyed it. I did. So, how many eggs... I don't know. What do you want to give this? Four flags? I would say four flags. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty a prominent storyline. It was. It was prominent in the storyline. The relationship um, between the two gay characters wasn't necessarily explored um, and was somewhat stereotypical, I'm going to say. But, you know, I think Stephen King, I'm going to give him credit for the way he wrote these characters. Has Stephen King written any other books with representation? So minimal that if you blink, you would miss it. There was a character in the stand um, named Dana that I believe was identified as a lesbian in that book, but it wasn't a part of the plot, and I don't remember it being... You said you didn't even remember it. Oh, no. I mean, I read The Stand like 20 years ago, probably, and it was, that wasn't a thing to look out for on my radar at all. Um, one story that stands out, like like we said in the beginning of the of the podcast here, I've been a Stephen King fan for a long time, and I actually went to Maine 
uh, last year on vacation, and there's a, a town in Maine um, called Bangor that is the real-life representation of the fictional dairy. And Stephen King writes a lot about dairy, Maine. So when I went on this tour, I heard this story. And when I heard the story, I did remember the story from the beginning of It. It starts out with a character, a young gay man, boy, I think he was in his teens, named Adrian Melton. And Adrian is beat up by a group of homophobic teenagers and thrown off a bridge, and he eventually dies in the canal. That's a terrible story. And he is then attacked by Pennywise, and Pennywise... Is that the... That's the clown. The clown. No. Mm-hmm. I, I will not watch this. I hate clowns beyond comprehension. So that is how it kicks off. Okay. Well, that's terrible, because you start off with the... The gay guy getting beat up? Yeah, you, and killed. And that, killed. That sucks. Um, and this is actually based on a true story. So, not to be a downer, but I do want to tell this story just to say this young man's name and kind of show some respect that awesome. this story actually did happen in Bangor, Maine. Um, so, Adrian Melton, Melon, sorry, I think I said that incorrectly earlier. He is based on an actual young man whose name was Charlie Howard, who was 23 years old at the time of his death. And it happened in Derry, um, or Bangor, (laughs) which is the the actual name of the town. And he was beat up, and some teens taunted him and threw him over the State Street Bridge into the stream. Even though he told him he couldn't swim, you know, pled for his life, and this kid died. What year was this? Um, This was in 1984. Uh, So in 1984, this happened. And you and I came up in the 80s. This wasn't a completely unusual story in that time, you know? Yeah. Um, So young gay men were getting murdered just for being gay in public. And you heard about it a lot during that time. So it's obviously an ugly part of the city's history. And clearly made an impact on Stephen King. He, you know, he wrote it in into the right. book. Um, and so I visited the place where this happened, and there's a, a nice little memorial there now, um, and they have actually painted the bridge above the canal. Oh, oh that's nice. So it's... Did there... Was there any redemption for the guy's murderers in the book It? Uh, no. Mm-mm. So they didn't get eaten by the... The clown? No. I mean, as far as I can remember, and uh, any bigger fan than I am that remembers the details of this, at me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like it was ever addressed as far as what happened to the kids after they ran off. Well, that's trash. Yeah. I like to see it when bad people do bad things that they get theirs in the end. I like that. Well, that's not necessarily true in Stephen King, and sometimes (laughs) it's not true in life, okay? Um but these these people, at least, you know, in, in the town of Bangor, they put up this plaque, we the citizens of Bangor continue to change the world around us until hatred becomes peacemaking and ignorance becomes understanding. Charlie Howard, an openly gay man, died here at the hands of hatred and ignorance on July 7th, 1984. Um, so, rest in peace, Charlie. Rest in peace. Uh, May we do better yeah. each day than the day before. To love and accept people for who they are. Amen. 
And that is Elevation. That's Elevation. That's the story of Charlie Howard. So um, go out and read Elevation. Let us know what you think. It's worth a read, even if you're not a Stephen King fan, even if you think Stephen King's usually trash. I won't argue with you about that, but read this book. It's a little different than his usual works. And it'll uplift you. It'll be uplifting. (laughs) Hi, Rainbow Readers. Hello. We are back with another awesome Rainbow Read for you guys. Mm, This is a good one. And this week is Every Heart a Doorway by Seanan McGuire. It is the first book in the Wayward Children series, and it was excellent. Yeah, this book was really good. This book has like a fairy tale feel to it. I would say a very dark, more like your traditional Grimm's fairy tale. Because <laughs> yeah. if you know anything about fairy tales, you know that Grimm's fairy tales were not the Disney version with singing birdies and Nah, they were cutting people's heads yeah, off. Yeah, it was like the real deal. Shit. And this was this very much reminded me of a dark fairy tale. Yeah, this um this book was, like you said, it was dark. It was um, serious at times. It was. You know, it wasn't. Was it uplifting? I get confused I mean, about I, uplifting at times. Sometimes I, do, I find things uplifting. I do think it was uplifting because it it had, the theme was at the end, I think, uplifting. Mm-hmm. Because this is about children who walk through doorways to other realms um kind of like the multiverse portal a little bit sort of thing and they all for one reason or another have been thrown back through their door to our world and this home for children specifically is for children who are sad about having to have left their other realm other home so they're trying to get back there they're looking for their doors yes they're looking for the doors but they're also there's a lot of grieving a home that they are longing for Mm -hmm. and wanting to be and how much that they all felt that where they were in the other realm was their real home yeah to some of them it um it really interferes with their sense of belonging to no longer be there they feel like that was the only place that they fit in yes and i thought that was a really beautiful and kind of deep theme about belonging and what actually the meaning of home is it doesn't necessarily mean the home that you were born into or where you are from but more where you actually feel like you belong and you matter and you fit in is more where your home is i thought that was very poignant and beautiful Mm -hmm. but also you could tell it was just i don't know there was this a little bit of sadness sort of woven throughout this whole tale this definitely wasn't i wouldn't say it's cheerful no it's definitely not cheerful and there are some kind of gruesome parts a little bit yeah nothing if you read any any of the other stuff that we've talked about yeah it's not but it is this is not a children's book i wouldn't say i mean maybe young adult child yeah yeah maybe like a young adult or late teen could deal with this but there are some like i said heavy themes and also it is a little bit gory at times um and intense there's the mystery Mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing that is pretty intense that i really liked yeah the the imagination shauna mcguire 
uh, hats off to her because the imagination, I, I'm excited that this is such a series. I can see this going so many different directions. Well, and it already is seven, at the time of this recording, it is seven published books already, and there is an eighth slated to be published in January of 2023. So, and all of the, no, they're novellas, so they're also very short, which would be a, this would be a perfect book if you were in a slump. Yeah. Because it was a very quick read. I read it over a couple of days, and I actually read it during a time in my personal life where we had a lot, a lot, a lot going on, like most people, and it was an easy, quick read. It never, ever slowed for me. Yeah, it won't stress you out. It won't feel like a chore. It won't feel like you have to, like, get to the plot. I I feel like it started off pretty... It did. It started off great, and I will say, I think that I finally figured out that this type of urban contemporary fantasy is really my jam. Yeah, that's your this is your thing. You're it in your is element here. So great. I I liked it that it was set in our world, but also that you learned about all the other realms out there. I don't know if realm is the right word and I keep saying it, but that's all I can say. The other worlds. The other worlds are the that they go yeah. through. Um and I also liked that the world building wasn't like a section of the book. It was a unfolding that occurred as you, the story is moving forward. So as the story is moving forward, you were also learning the layers about the world. So the world building was there, and I felt like it was very strong for a novella. Oh, super thorough. Um, that, that, but there also wasn't anything confusing that I didn't understand. It was all pretty clear, but it also, the pacing for me is everything, I yeah. think, in a book. Like, I need it to move. It didn't get too deep into the world building. It didn't, I'm going to say, you know, sometimes, and I, I like fantasy novels, but I'm going to call it um, unnecessary description. Yeah. Like, and there I wasn't any of that here. I can't get it. And I liked it because you were learning about it as you read the story, which was great. And it also, she has created this world where there could just be so many stories to yeah. tell. She could go on forever. I mean, as much as an imagination as she has, I feel like it really could go on and on. And this is one of those series that I read this book a little while back and it's one of those that I kind of forgot there was a sequel to you know sometimes I'm pretty bad for that so um, well each of the books is a standalone so you can pick up anywhere so I wouldn't have to go to number two I could go to number four number five you could they're all standalones I mean I think it probably because you would never ever read a book out of order like I I mean said that and I'm savage do you think I am (laughs) I mean I am one of these people that could probably read a book out of order. I don't know, but I, I'm really not. I went ahead and down the first two books as of again as of this recording are available on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have that, then it's the first two are free to you. And oh, then, yeah, go get that, guys. And um, it was they're like around 175 pages, so very quick but i am super excited to read more about this world i already downloaded the second book and i am excited to read it yeah i'm excited to read it too i also i was doing a little reading on shauna mcguire uh interesting author she actually um this book deservedly received several awards um including 
Nebula Award and a Hugo Award. So this, those this are book, the sci-fi awards, right? Yeah, this book did really well. Um, and this author writes under two other pen names, uh, one of which is Mira Grant. Right, she writes horror novels under that. I think she wrote one called In the Drowning Into the Drowning Deep about killer mermaids. Yeah, I, that was actually on my to be red list, oh, really? and I didn't know it was the same author as this author. I didn't realize it either. I kind of want to read that. Yeah, I want to read that, so look forward to that. You'll probably hear about that on the podcast at some point. And then she also writes a separate uh, children's fantasy world series called The Up and Under under the pen name A. Deborah Baker. Uh, and the first book of that is Over the Woodward Wall. I need so, to check her out because Shana I really... McGuire is busy. She is busy. She's, like, churning out the the book. So, the question of the day is, what about the representation in this book? Okay, this book, um, I don't think that we have highlighted a book yet that had ace representation. Nope. And this book had really good ace representation, which very, I appreciated very, very much. very strong. It was... Not just something that was glossed over. In fact, the character that identifies as asexual in this book talks about her asexuality and kind of explains it in a way that if you ever watched Schitt's Creek and you remember the part where David is explaining pansexuality to Stevie as like using the wine metaphor. It was so good. That's kind of how, I mean, she explained it in such a way that it was so clear that it's like, okay, so that's what asexuality is. It was brilliantly done. And it wasn't just like a passing thought. I really appreciated how it was highlighted. It wasn't, it wasn't like a main point of the story, but it was definitely highlighted in more than one part of it we appreciate the thought put into it and i do feel like the ace community is underrepresented in literature yes it was go shannon for that it was great and also it had trans representation and really creative and really good trans representation it was excellent and i just i'm blown away by how that she writes these characters with so much love and care yeah And you really care about these characters, and the way that she describes their stories is very meaningful, and also she's very gentle, I think, with their stories. I like the way that you put that. I was just thinking that. She she doesn't write the same as T.J. Klune by any stretch, but it kind of reminds me of the way that he kind of described and talked about the kids in Cerulean Sea. Yes. Like, it just so gentle and so kind, and you can just tell that she loves these characters. You could tell that he loved the characters, too. Yes, and I I loved, I really loved that about it, and I feel like that if I knew someone who was ace, that this would be a very beautiful book to recommend as a book that they could see themselves in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's like five pride stars for, or pride flags. Yeah, definitely five plus. Um, just because, you know, the, the creative representation was really good in, in this book. And I think that if I'm not mistaken, I haven't read the other books, but I do think that she continues that trend of representation throughout the rest of the series. When I'm reading her bio, it says she identifies as pansexual, 
bisexual and demisexual and writes numerous queer characters into her work. So that kind of leads me to think that it's brilliant that she has um, that she has these characters throughout her books. At least I hope that's true because some of the ones I was looking at on Goodreads they were not designated LGBT, but um, you know we can dream. Hopefully they're in there. Yeah, I think they. I mean, I, the, in the next six books, there definitely should be. Yeah, something in there. Yeah. So if you want a quick, lovely, lovely. But maybe just a little bit like I want to say bittersweet, yeah, and dark. Yeah, it's like a yeah, like a little. There's a there's definitely darkness in these, but I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. Darkness doesn't bother me. You know, I'm I'm a fan of um, <laughs> you, you are. I'm a, fan of, I'm a fan of the dark corners of the psyche. Hello, darkness, my friend. <laughs> you like that? Go out and read the Wayward Children series. Every Heart a Doorway. Every Heart a Doorway. By Sean and McGuire. All right. So as if I have to ask, what is your star rating of Every Heart a Doorway? Five stars for me. Well, drum roll, please. I also gave it five stars, kids. So yes, go out indeed. and read the book. Read the book. <laughs>